got Moats and Euler back here on SNR, broadcasting live from Hinesville. Starting this 2 o'clock hour off the right way. Continuing this conversation that we were having about Dan Moore now. And ultimately, what is this role going to look like now that he's switching over, getting some opportunities at the right tackle spot? And what does that mean for Zach Banner? Now, for Dan, like I said, this is still a positive. This is a positive for him being able to go over there and now compete with a guy like Dan. I think so, yeah, because they, they, they clearly are confident enough in you to, you know, all right, hey, let's see what this young man can mm -hmm. do over on the other side. If they if they didn't think he was capable, they certainly would not be asking him to do that. I definitely agree with that. And for Dan, just understand that, hey, your goal is not to be the sixth offensive lineman, the swing tackle, right? We remember how Zach Banner would come in, 72 is eligible. Ah, yeah. We talked about, was it Chris Hubbard? He came in in a similar role. I mean, Countless tackles that have started for the Pittsburgh Steelers have started out as that swing tackle, swing that sixth tackle. offensive lineman. Yep. But for Dan, man, you have to be eyeing this as an opportunity to compete for a starting spot. And I do think that that's been his intention. But for a guy like Banner now, <laughs> it's interesting. This becomes even more interesting because beforehand, when you were out, it was Joe Hay getting those opportunities. Correct. Now that you've returned, it's going to be Dan Moore getting those opportunities. I wonder why. I think I can answer uh -oh. that. You want me to answer that for you? I, I, I'd rather you say it than me. I'll say it. <laughs> it's because over the last two, three weeks, Dan Moore Jr., his arrow has been pointed up, you know, that linear progression mm -hmm, that we talk mm -hmm. about. Uh, whereas Super Bowl champion Joe Haig, I would unfortunately say that arrow has been pointing down over the last couple weeks. <sighs> That's a nice assessment right there. But as a whole, Zach Banner, I think I'm more confident in him winning out at right tackle than I am necessarily about Chooks at left tackle. Hmm. More so because even though we didn't get a chance to see a full season yeah, I think, of Yeah, I think that Banner, makes sense, yeah. For me, man, just knowing that he was able to beat out Chooks. He beat out Chooks In a legit, season. it was a, a fair training camp battle where yes. those guys went back and forth. Not like this dynamic where we're talking about Dan Moore kind of being able to switch over out of the competition and kind of hop into another competition mid-training camp. Right, right. They were legit just back and forth from start to finish. So I felt that the pro the better player had truly won that battle. I agree with that. So I think especially, too, just real quick. Yeah. Because it wasn't the same type of training camp setting that mm -hmm. it was last year. I, I truly believed that Banner just straight up won that battle because – there was no real outside influence. It wasn't a fan perspective. There's no fan no. perspective. Mm. It was very limited media yep. here. You don't have the kind of echo chamber of, of, of noise about, oh, it should be this guy or, oh, it should be that guy or, oh, this guy's looked better than that guy. Nobody knew any of that Correct. stuff. And so it felt like, like okay, if they're just doing this thing confined within Behind the owner. Behind closed doors, man. And, if, <laughs> and, 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 you know, if Sean Surratt and Mike Tomlin say that, that Zach Banner's the guy, I'm going to believe them that Zach Banner's the guy. When you get into situations like this, Mozi, you, know, you get more voices, you get more outside influences in that equation as well. Without a doubt, without a doubt. But for me, like I said, that's going to be interesting to see how this position battle between those three guys just continues to play out. But another interesting situation that's been playing out is in that secondary as we transition to the defense side of the ball. You know, I can't go for too long so without I'm, talking I'm surprised. Defense, man. We, we, we got like look, uh, look, we, we got almost two full segments in I, with I'm you trying. talking about offense. I'm, I'm really trying, okay? I'm impressed. You've, I'm trying. Hey, you've come a long way. I'm proud I'm of trying, you. I'm trying, okay? I'm proud of you. Because people tell me I'm very biased towards defense. I say, you dig on right, I am. This is just 1% <laughs> better every day, right? We'll, we'll it, talk 1% offense that, more That's it. I'll day. give you 1% offense. <laughs> that's all I got for you, man. <laughs> but – Speaking of the defenders, especially in that secondary, first guy I wanted to talk about was Cam Sutton. Mm -hmm. 
Now we know Cameron. Hey, Cameron. <laughs> Dipset. <laughs> But with Cam Sutton, man, we know the expectation is that he is going to be on the outside. We know Correct. that when he signed his extension this offseason, that was the belief that he was going to get an opportunity to compete out there. That was there. the plan, yeah. Ultimately, Steven Nelson left, and that largely opened up the door even more so for Cam to really walk into that door. And for the majority of the time, he's been playing well. But we highlighted it, obviously, in that Eagles game, the deep pass where he struggled a little bit, and that made people feel a little bit uneasy. Correct. But my question is this, with the emergence of a guy like James Pierre and how he continues to play at a high level, he continues yes, he to be a productive player. Make him he plays. continues to look very comfortable on the outside. Yes, he does. Do you see a scenario where we might be looking at Cam Sutton moving back exclusively to the slot corner? Let me put it this way. Right now, I would say I don't think it's likely, but it but it is certainly a possibility. Like, does that make sense? I don't know if I stated that very well. So I, I wouldn't I, say it's probable, but I think it's possible. There we go. Le less about probable and possible. What about what would you do? See, now that's the tough question because you're right. We've liked what we've seen from James Pierre right here in practice. Absolutely. He has put in a lot of good shifts. He's made a lot of big plays out here, a lot of splash, splash plays as well, too. I think he's looked pretty good in the preseason games as well. Um, but I also just, when it comes down to these kind of splitting hairs conversations, I think I'm always going to tend to favor the guy that I've seen do it in stadiums on Sundays in the fall, right? And I, I, it, Cam Sutton, while it's been a different role for him in the past, obviously, um, we've still seen him do good things out there on the football field, in stadiums, on Sundays, uh, when the live bullets are flying and when the games really truly matter in terms of wins and losses and jobs and futures on the line every single Sunday. <sighs> I, I, I think it's going to be Cam's. I do. But I'll tell you this much. I also don't think that it, it, once we do get to week one and once we do get closer, if there's some doubt there, I I think that they would be quick to make some changes because we even saw that at times last season with some of the stuff that they were doing with Pierre, with Justin mm -hmm. Lane, right, switching that up um, pretty quickly. I think that could happen again this year. But I just – I don't know, Arthur Motes. And I wonder, too, there'd be this angle of it for me, too, because obviously James Pierre as well, he's, he's played on Sundays in games mm -hmm. that really matter. Not, not as much experience as Cam Sutton, but he has also played on Sundays Very true. in games that really matter. It's not like this is his, his first go at it, and this is all that we have here as the baseline for that young man. I do wonder, though, if you think there's any credence to, like, you wouldn't want to put too much on his plate right away when he has been a fringe guy to this point. Does that make sense? To an extent, but my rebuttal would be the plays that we saw Cam Sutton participate in in NFL stadiums throughout his career here. It'd be a different role. 95% yeah. of them have been be a different in role. the slot. This Correct. is the similar conversation we're having about Chooks. We talk about Chooks and his productivity and You're his right. in stadium experience. Very That's at yeah. right tackle, not at left tackle. So Cam's yep. experience was at slot corner, not at outside corner, which we know is drastically different in terms of the route combinations, in terms of the body type that you're facing, the athletic ability that you're facing. We said typically outside receivers are bigger, stronger, faster. We know your slot receivers are typically smaller, not as fast, but more quick. Shifty. More shifty, uh, lateral. That, that, what's that word, twitchy, that mm -hmm. they like to use, right? So, like, it's a big difference in terms of how you combat those guys. And when I think of that, James Pierre 
his opportunities that came last year, they weren't in the slot. They were not. No. They were on the outside. They were on the outside. And we yes. highlighted how he played well in those roles. He did. On the outside. Small sample size, but he did mm -hmm. play well. Yes. So I guess for me, it just keeps going back to, should we make that a little bit more of a competition? Oh, I'm, I am all in on that. But if you're making it a competition, will you, are you going to legitimately make it a real competition? Because if we were basing it on that, right now, wouldn't we all be saying that, eh, it might be Pierre right now? I would think so. I would, I would certainly give him the leg up. But um, if it's not a legitimate competition, then it kind of flies under the exactly. radar. Exactly, and that's kind of the vibe has I'm getting. A bit yes. You know that's, what? It, that's been the vibe I've been getting, man. It is funny now that, that we're kind of, you know, that now that I'm thinking about this in real time, coming into camp, as opposed to now where we're almost towards the end four weeks later. Man, we really haven't talked about Cam Sutton very much. And I guess you could argue that either way, right? It's mm -hmm. like, oh, we're not talking about him very much because he's just fine out there. You know, maybe he's not creating a lot of splash, but he's not getting, right. you know, he's not burnt toast either. Right. But those things also work both ways too. Especially when the guy you're in a competition with is creating splash. Right. I mean, how many practices have we come out here and we're biting our tongues? Oh, there's been a lot of times seeing him. You and I are in the middle of a segment, or we're in the middle of a commercial break, Seriously, and we and, and James Pierre does something out here, and we look at each other like, "You kidding me?" And we can't, we can't, we can't obviously it describe live, it or say it live. James does that. But you've heard daily. those reports from all right. the the newspaper people and everybody that are here. Like yeah. that, that happens very frequently. So oh, even almost every day, he's made a play that has stood out. Yeah, and, and and I look at it differently because I said with Joe Hayden, Joe isn't practicing as often. I mean, we know that he's a vet. He's kind of in that Cam Hayward Correct. role. Like they look at him like Minka Fitzpatrick. Cam Sutton is different. Cam Sutton is out here. We know Cam's practicing. We watch him practice and get a lot of reps. Now I understand that. Hey, man, you're not. You might not get the opportunities because they didn't want to throw towards you. But when they did throw towards you in the game, we saw how that played out. And those are the things that, when you see a guy lighting it up the way that James Pierre is lighting it up, and you get Cam, not necessarily creating those same splash, and you have a bad situation in the game. Yeah. It opens the door for these type of conversations right now. Yeah, and 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 James Pierre has he's taken every opportunity to this point and done very well with it. I it, it's a testament to him that it's a, it's a it's a real legitimate conversation to have without a doubt. I huh. It's, I don't know. You know, it's it really feels like we're going to be surprised with how this all plays out. Mm -hmm. Like I I think the addition of Joe Schobert kind of factors into this as well too with what they think they can do with their personnel, with their base package versus what they want to do in some sub package stuff. But I I I I will You've kind of alluded to this, and I, I will agree and I will say it. Um, not as confident with Cam Sutton's ability to play on the outside as maybe as we were coming into camp. Not to say that that's been it's completely right, shattered. Or he's yeah, been, we're, or not saying, he's we're saying he bad. can't do it. Right. But coming into camp, it was almost like it was a foregone conclusion. Correct. Something that Correct. we didn't have to worry about. We were looking at James Pierre and uh, Justin Lane, Anton Brooks, and exactly. who's going to be the third guy. It does not right. feel like that right now, you know, three and a half, four weeks later. Yeah, definitely doesn't. But what I will say is this, man. Joe Schobert being here, that puts a lot of guys on notice. Uh, you know what? And that's, that's what I love about it the most. Yeah. We've talked about it as it relates to Devin Bush. Mm -hmm. But it's not just Devin Bush. Yeah, because Robert Spillane, couldn't he be viewed almost in a similar situation as Cam Sutton? Now, we know he didn't have the contract extension. But unproven or small sample size, but we were putting lofty expectations on them. And we essentially felt that, hey, man, it's a given. They're going to win it out. They got this. Now, we've said that, okay, with Spillane, it wasn't what we wanted it to be. Clearly, it wasn't what the coaching staff wanted it to be. So, they didn't waste any time. They went and brought in a significant upgrade. 
significant upgrade. Big time. That puts Cam Sutton on notice as well. That lets Cam Sutton know that, hey, even though I just signed this contract and I'm the slated starter right now, <laughs> they're not, they, they, they not, not just – Devin Bush was a top ten pick. Exactly. And we just brought somebody in at his same position. Don't no, think – No, no, no. Not, not just put him in the same position. Green dot Green him. dotted that man. Green dot yeah. that man. Don't think we won't do the same thing to you. <laughs> Seriously, no, man. No, you know what? You're abs- it, it does – that's a very good point by you, and I'm sure you've been in the locker room when those similar type situations have happened. It's, hey, wait a second. If they can bring in somebody mm-hmm. to, 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 push, to push Devin Bush. We just traded two yeah. years ago. Yeah. They could definitely bring somebody in to, to take my spot. No. Uh, that's a that's an astute observation by someone who's been there and done that. Hey, man, Coach Tomlin would always say this day, man. When I'm talking to you, I'm talking to everybody in this room. Yep. All right? I'm not just talking to that guy right there. I'm talking to every single person in here. So when I bring in a guy like Joe – and I'm, I'm talking about what this means for Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, and we're going to go two dogs, one bone conversation for that third down linebacker. I'm talking about everybody in this room, baby, every single body. But when we get back, man, we're going to continue with that secondary because Trey Norwood is an interesting person in terms of being the Swiss Army knife, but I want to be joined by Chris Carter. Oh, you in know, the flash, you know our colleague. Chris Carter. So can't wait to talk to him about this conversation as well. And you already know what it is. It's Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. Motes and Euler back here on SNR, down here broadcasting from Hinesville at this beautiful practice on a, what is it, today, Monday, Tuesday, one Tuesday. of these days, but I can't keep up all these days. I know, the schedule's always goofy during yes, camp. Yes, indeed. But I'm happy because we are joined by my brother. Yes, indeed. Mr. Chris Carter pulling in from the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris, how we living, man? I'm doing great, Mozi. How you doing? Come on, man. I feel like I'm always seeing you now, man. It always makes me happy. You it's know in that. here, bro. Say here. Whenever I see, see, see this, look at the tree. Where the Migos? Where the Migos? Come <laughs> on, baby. <laughs> Who's getting left off bad and bougie? <laughs> I ain't left off bad and bougie. <laughs> Come on, <now>. mama. <laughs> We're expanding the family here on SNR over the years. It's been, you know, it's been rewarding for Mozi and I. It has. It you has. know, we this is our fourth season. Going to hmm. be our fourth season wow, doing it has. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, this will, this will be our fourth nice, season man. doing this together. Um, we felt the audience expand. We felt the family expand, you know, with people like you and Mr. Brian Backo. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been. I, I love being here. Like, you guys have been bringing me on for the past few years, and it's crazy to think, wow, it has been for you. When you said yeah. that, I was like, oh, my goodness. I know, it's bro. been three years. This is going to be it's our nice, fourth man. season yeah. of doing Steelers coverage. And to think, Chris, it all just started with a random meeting back in Green Tree. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man. <laughs> we go from random meetings to hard questions. So, real first hard question. Man, what's up with Cam Sutton, baby? <laughs> what's up with Cam Sutton? Is this open competition season oh, going it, on it, out there oh, at that cornerback spot, man? Talk it, about it. It definitely is because here's the thing. Cam hasn't, like like you guys were saying in the last segment, Cam hasn't done anything to look bad at the spot, but he hasn't done any, any, everything to lock it down. Like, there's, there's no, because there, we're, we're not sitting here saying, okay, yeah, definitely Cam on the outside, and they're still, and they'll put Arthur Mollett on the inside or something else. No, there's still a question. And that's also why I keep posing the question. Are, is there another move coming here for the Steelers? Because like you just said, with Joe Schobert, that's a that should be a warning shot to everybody in the roster. None of you are safe. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be on the lookout, looking over your shoulder, hustling as hard in practice, in workouts, in studying. Everyone should be ready because your job could be up in an instant if you are not Minka Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, I mean, you and I were talking about this 
with C.J. Henderson. We were we've all be like, yeah. you know, wondering if that's a thing. Now I'd say that's probably off the table now because you just traded with the Jaguars, Correct. and if something was going to happen there, it might have happened at that. Point you could have gotten time. a two for one. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You could have <laughs> done something along those lines where you've given them maybe a first for both of those guys. Now, or now listen, man. You can't fleece a guy twice in the same right. fleece. You yeah. got to wait a little bit. You, so you fleece <laughs> him now, wait a week or two, and then you fleece him again. Like, hey, um. You remember I was over there for that yard sale last time, <laughs> and you sold me that 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 eighty inch brand new TV for like ten percent. Ten percent. Yeah, man. No, you know that car you got parked in the driveway, <laughs> the one from a year ago. You don't even use that, do you? Nah, nah. You don't even like that thing. <laughs> nah, that's, I, I, that's why I posted a picture of uh, like. Ke- Kevin Colbert's out here in black Air Forces. Like, he's just robbing people, man. <laughs> like, he's just walking up on just, just Patrick give me that. Beverly energy, he's man. Like, he's like, he's like, he's like. That, that, that's your bike? That's my bike. That's like, my bike, huh? like, like, that's, well, Juju, that's better, my Juju better watch himself out here. <laughs> then he's going to get his bike <laughs> stolen his again. Bike <laughs> but that's, but that, that, that's the thing. He's patrolling and looking around the NFL, yeah. definitely for whatever talent best suits any of the needs. Now, here's the thing. That could be offensive line at any of the positions. They could use an extra tackle. They could use yeah. an extra center. They could use anybody at this point to fill in for, for, this, for this team right now um, on the offensive line. Um, you know, the, the, one, the, the, the few spots that I think they're, that they probably won't be looking in, of course, quarterback, that's pretty solid right mm-hmm. there. I'd say that they're pretty sure up on running back, you know, with Kalen Balaj coming yeah. in and doing what he got to do. The wide receiver, of course. I'd even say tight end because of the Ebron and Fryermuth. Mm, but yeah, um, and, and, and interior defensive line and maybe even edge rusher now that we've seen Melvin Ingram, Highsmith, and we've seen some of these younger guys coming behind them. But when it comes to safety – Cornerback, and I'd say linebacker now that they've they've traded to get Joe Schober, but safety, uh, cornerback, um, I'd say uh, and anywhere on the offensive line, all of those guys, they could have a new person in the locker room very soon if the Steelers find something to work here. But most, I, I think with Cam Sutton, back to the original question, He's one of those guys that needs to be on the lookout because you might you might be bumping back into the slot if they do something like that. Yeah, definitely, man. But another guy that could potentially be affected by a move in the secondary. Trey Norwood. Now, we know when Coach Tomlin introduced him on draft night, he referred to him as a Swiss Army Knife. And we've seen him not necessarily with Pittsburgh, but while he was was in college, line up at corner, outside, inside, and then obviously at the safety position. We know that he hasn't looked the best at safety, especially coming out of that game against the Eagles. Do you think it's, you know, out of the framework that we could potentially see him move to a cornerback position? It's possible, especially in the middle of the field. Because the yeah. thing is that Trey Norwood, one thing that has stood out to me is his ability to, c- to communicate mm-hmm. and understand the defenses. And we know that he has a nose for the football. He wants to find it when it's in the air. He know he, He's quick to jump on it. When he does, he locks it. He, his hands usually find it. So – that's where I think that they're they're trying to figure out is how to incorporate this young man into the defense as best as possible. He doesn't have the the speedy range to play deep safety that, that you'd want typically back there. So maybe if you bumped him somewhere closer to the line of scrimmage where he could use those smarts and those hand skills but not be as exposed as if, like, you know, I'm playing center field cover one and the throws to the sideline. I need to get there. I'm not going to be able to get there in time. That's not where his strength is. So I, I certainly see maybe a role like that coming. I do think they like Arthur Mallette, though. I think he's he's done very well. Veteran um, savvy. Yeah, veteran. It, it, exactly, because yeah. he's always in position. He's mm-hmm. feisty. He's, he's putting himself. We saw him a couple practices ago, and people were reporting out that, oh, man, he's jumping on this, he's jumping on that. Um, you know, and, and in, the, in, the, in the preseason game, I thought he, he, held, his, he held up his own so um you know we will see how things go for for for, for those guys but norwood absolutely he, he's in this team's plans i do not expect him to be anywhere in near a cut this year 
how it, what's the perfect scenario for how this all shakes out then, right? We we know the two safeties are solidified. We know Joe Hayden is solidified as the number one corner. In your mind, when we get to Buffalo, when when you know when the when the live action starts here in a couple oh. weeks, what's the best way for this to all play out? Is it Pierre on the outside, Sutton moves back inside? Oh, well. Are you still sticking with what we thought was the original plan oh, of, well, of leaving Cam outside? The best situation is you, you trade for Jalen Ramsey. Ah, well there we go. He, <laughs> there, he there, next, he start next to Joe Hayden. For, there for, we go. <laughs> for a conditional seventh <laughs> for a round conditional pick, as well. seven, not even a seventh <laughs> round pick. A, a conditional, conditional seventh, seventh I, round. I pick. also heard Prime Deion Sanders <laughs> was, was you know was available. He's a nickel corner right now. Right, yeah, right. he's on third corner. Yeah. But, uh, but in all seriousness, I, I think the best situation for them is if if Sutton continues to grow in his role and gets comfortable out there, and Mollett comes in. Because here's the thing: you got to remember, you know, with him and with him and Hayden, one of those guys goes down, Pierre jumps in, and then you're not too mad at your right. depth. But if if Sutton needs to bump to the bump to the slot, you know, maybe that maybe you feel comfortable with him bumping outside if Pierre or Hayden gets hurt, and then that becomes a situation. Um, but I think that they would prefer to have it work for Sutton, for him to earn the extension that he got and uh, the, the confidence that they put in him when they let go of Steven Nelson. Yeah, we're talking to Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast yes, and a part of that SNR family, Absolutely. the third me go, as we always <laughs> like to say. <laughs> but uh, sticking with, you know, the theme of competition and position battles, I mean, I feel like that's how this show has been going today. Dan Moore. Yeah, man. Now, we know he's been arrow pointed up, especially lately. But Chooks Okorafor, they're going back to him in this particular game. How do you feel about that? I I feel like Chooks gets the respect of being on the team. This man went through some wars last year. They called him up. Uh, I mean, like, his one of his earlier starts last season, he went up against J.J. Watt and locked him down. He did. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do that kind of stuff, it carries over. And, and and coaches remember that, and they're like, you know what, um, you know, like we, we, we all remember a couple of years ago against Von Miller as well too. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That been that was his first start. That was his first yeah. start, right? Yep. So he's had really high moments, and best believe the coaches remember those type of things. But at the same time, the past does not excuse the present. It does buy you more time in the consideration of things, but that doesn't mean they're just going to overlook you not performing your best and a young yeah. man performing very well. So I'd say this, Dan Moore Jr. still in the pole position behind Jukumu Okorafor, and that's justified. But if we don't see Okorafor come out against the Lions and just bully people, if he's not – he's not, He doesn't el- look like he belongs. Right. If he, if yeah. he, looks, like, if, if he looks like the like the, the, the awkward lineman or the, the off ball that's not, that's not part of that starting five, you may see more of a conversation of that in the coming weeks for Dan Moore Jr. taking it over. I know some people have predicted that this was going to happen. Um, I personally didn't think it would because I thought Okorafor would kind of acquit himself better. But, again, he did start late in training camp. He was hurt coming in, so it may just be a matter of getting warmed up, getting used to everything again in the football pace of things. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But I certainly, if I'm Okorafor, I know that i got to bring my A game on, on Saturday. You know what I'm thinking about, too, while we're discussing this? It's something that we have it's, – it's been a theme of training camp through, again, the, the three and a half, four weeks here, mm-hmm. is the lack of – work time that the perceived starting five has had together. Yeah. Is maybe is maybe Chooks going right back with the one like is maybe that part of it because okay, you know, Dotson he was dealing with some stuff. We had him running with the twos right when we got ready to bump him up that Chooks was dealing with some injury. Could maybe some of this just be as simple as they want to see those five that they kind of had pegged as the five coming Absolutely. into camp together. Absolutely that's a big part of this because right now, like you know, when you think about it, OTAs mm-hmm. Mini camp, all the training camp, we had not seen 
Kendrick Green. Correct. With Zach Banner, Not at all. with Kevin Dotson. DeCastro was Trey still Turner, in the fold. DeCastro was still mm-hmm. there for the longest. Yep. And then, of course, Chikuma Korfor. Their starting five has not been on the same uh, on, on the field at the same time all leading into today. Right. So now, oh, go ahead. That, good no, team. I'm no, sorry. just saying that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. That chemistry also has to develop. Guys can be individually good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, Arthur, you were around right around the time when Pouncey, Gilbert, DeCastro, mm-hmm. Ramon, the, uh, Villanueva. That's when they sort of gelled. But it took yeah. them time. They didn't. It wasn't like week one. Oh yeah, we're all good. Right. It's not Madden where everyone lines up and they know <laughs> each other. Like it's like oh yeah, it's the computer. They block as long well. as your overall rating's good, we're gonna be good. Exactly. It's yeah. not like that. Offensive lines. No, you got to be on the same page. They got to be in sync. And, and I do agree with that. But I guess my question to you is this: Even if that is the mindset, do you necessarily agree with it? Because I understand that that might be their projected mm-hmm. five one paper three weeks ago. But from what we have seen during these three weeks mm-hmm. and these two games included, I personally don't feel like it should just go back to that because that's what we had penciled in. I want to see it legitimately be a battle. Right. So when we leave out of there and we say, hey, this guy won, we don't feel like he won because of a technicality. We mm-hmm. feel like he legitimately was the better player. And right now, I just you don't know like if Dan I'm going to get that feeling. You, you know? You, you feel like, do you feel like Dan Moore is the better player right now? I don't know if he's necessarily the better player, but I feel like he's pushed Chooks enough I agree that, that it should be a legit open competition see, these next this see, next game. Here's the thing. I think it is a legit open competition, but I think Chooks gets the first – because someone has to get the first crack, No, absolutely right? they do, yes. Right, and, and I think that's the issue is that Chooks still deserves – and, and that's, that's – it's also deference. You know how that works. It is, it. but think about this. Mm-hmm. When you tell Dan Moore, who is in the thick of this battle with Chooks – yeah. That, hey, we're going to reward you because you've been practicing so well in this competition that you can go play right tackle now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I, you see, you catch my drift here. Like, so, how does that affect the competition now? Yeah, if me and you are competing, I just said this with Wes. I said, if me and you, Chris, are competing to be the best radio broadcaster. <laughs> that's you. That's you. you no, 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 that. but we're competing, right? <laughs> just, just for we and you are competing, right? right? We're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. We feel like he's neck and neck. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Laura Martina, our boss, right? He says, hey, Chris. We want to reward you, baby. Mm-hmm. You've been working so hard. You've been significantly <laughs> improving. That's what they said about Dan. Significantly, significantly improving. Yep, yep. So now you're going to go work in the PA. You, you're going to be with the announcers yeah. this all, all next week, all right? I'm sitting go, go, up go there be a with public Bill. addressing that. You, you, what's my man, Larry Richard? Go, go work with Larry <laughs> all next yeah. week. That's who you get to work with. Do you really feel like that's helping you in this competition? Oh, man. <laughs> Does that help me in this you competition? Mean tell <laughs> me. I just get to sit up and call the games. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I got do. I got to put do my Greg Wolfley. Yeah, brother, like you know, like, I can do all that. But but I, I I get what you're. I pick up what you're putting down. Yeah. It is no. There's no doubt in my mind that 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 they want this to be a battle and that they wanna they wanna feed Dan more scraps. Mm-hmm. Also, you see how tenacious that dude is. Yeah, he's fighting people every day. I like it. I mean, like, like, like the reports are like I think Brooke Pryor tweeted he got into like two different scraps yesterday. Yeah. So is that Mike Tyson or Dan Moore out there? Exactly. On I, I saw that meme going Did around. That was that? actually pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> um, but there's a tenacity this man. This guy wants it, and mm-hmm. when you see that, you're like, man, I want to feed that. And Adrian Clem has been banging the table since he took over the job. We are going to be a more mm-hmm. physical offensive line. And when you see guys being physical, pushing people around, that's you know, you, you rub your hands together. And you I, say, see, I see your burn, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, what are we going to do here? Today, man, uh, and I think that's going to play into it. And here's where I say this, Moti. If a core four comes out and messes up the start with the with the ones, I think you're going to see uh, – I think you might see an earlier time for Dan Moore to get in. Mm-hmm. And then when he's in that situation, 
if he does a better job, the last week will be a legitimate one-on-one -on -one battle, and Dan Moore may even get the start that week to try mm -hmm. and yeah. give him that chance to say, hey, I deserve to be, to win this battle. Yeah. This is Chris Carter with the Locked On Steelers podcast and SNR family yes, joining us. Woo. Yeah, I wanted to ask you. What's up? You know, I guess maybe it's same church, different pew. Oh, we said that like two or three times today. You know, that's our go-to. Whatever, man. Same church, different pew um, as it relates to the Cam Sutton conversation mm -hmm. with Trey Turner mm -hmm. in the sense of, we haven't talked about this guy very much. Right, we don't. But I feel like it's 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 a more positive outlook for Trey Turner in that regard. He's been healthy. He's been a participant. He feels, and again, who knows how, how great, and I'm not saying he's going to get back to the Pro Bowl form that, that he was in at times early in his career, mm -hmm. but does he feel like the most sure thing on that offensive line right now? And, 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 and he needs to be, right? I mean, they need a lot from him. You know what's crazy? I think the most sure thing is the guy that we were talking about for a couple of weeks. It's Kevin Dotson. I, I think I think he's on. He has the rise. He's in this. I think he's he's young, but he understands what he's supposed to do. I really see this as a situation where he's going to be the guy that this kind of this offensive line kind of centers or itself around. I think Kendrick Green's going to has a chance to come into himself. Here's what I see for Trey Turner. I want to see can the Steelers use use him in a way that's going to allow him to. Uh, to get back to what he was good at, because one thing I noticed mm. when he when the offense the Chargers tried to use him different. They did right. the square peg in the round hole thing. I, exactly, I believe it was North Turner when he when he when he when they switched offensive coordinators, and then when he moved to Carolina, th they were using speed backs. They were using you know faster guys, mm. and that wasn't his game. Was was running out in space and going out there. He was a power guy. Let him anchor. Let him get after people. That's what you wanted to see. So, I think that the Steelers with Najee Harris. It might bode its, itself themselves to a better situation that allows him to get be stronger, be in the hole, not have to pull and go lead block five yards downfield. He, he can get downfield a little bit, but he gets to play within his element closer mm. to the box mm. and being able to play strong. So that's where I see him having the best chance to show out. But we'll see in these next couple of weeks because uh, they haven't ran Najee Harris too much in these preseason games. I think in this third one they're going to they're gonna try to impose their will on some people. Uh, to show this is the offensive line we want to give it a shot with. Yeah, so two guys I wanted to ask you about before we get up out of here. Yeah, yeah. In terms of their job security here, what do we need to see from these two guys? Okay. Justin Lane and Benny Snell. Cool. I mean, what's crazy is if you were looking at a stat sheet, you'd be like, what do you mean Justice Lane? He had a fumble recovery in the, or he had a forced fumble in the first game and an interception in the second game. <laughs> but if you look at his overall play, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah, big you're like, man, like the like the interception. Good job ha being having your head up and turned around and finding the ball when it was thrown to you. But it wasn't like he jumped the pass. It wasn't yeah. like he was playing the proper position. And you know that was just like, man, that's an ace cornerback play. It was more like a hey, the ball came to you. Good yeah. job. And the, the same thing with the forced fumble. Yeah, good effort after the fact, but you let the guy catch the ball or twenty yards down field. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah, like that's those were not favorable situations. And those are those are times when I remind fans, like when they're watching, like, well, he did this, well, he did that. That's why we take notes every single practice. Mm -hmm. Yep. You you listen to what the coaches are saying, what the players are saying, how people are reacting after stuff, and how they do in some of these drills. And then at the end of all of this, when all the preseason games are done, when all the training camp practices are done, you start you look at those notes and you say, okay, how well, how much did those turnovers stack up with the rest of the body of work that they had? And, and Justin Lane, I'm sorry, 
hasn't shown that. Yeah, I, I think you know who, you know who has shown that Mark Gilbert. Definitely. I think that he's come on really strong at the cornerback position. And uh, if I'm Justin Lane looking over our back, and who was the second guy that you said? Uh, uh, Benny Snell. Benny Snell. Unfortunately, yeah. Benny Snell just ain't just ain't been out. Like yeah. he, he's just he's he has he's been hurt. He's and been you can't around, make the club in the, the tub. tub. Yeah, like that, that's just that's a rough spot to be in. And I mean, Jalen Samuels acquitted himself well in that last game. So uh, Jalen Samuels, I had before the season started as my odd man out for the running back. Uh, position, but if, if Benny Snow can't be healthy, no promises are made here in the NFL. Mm-mm-mm. Man, we could sit up here and talk for hours about who and why and it's this and that, man. But unfortunately, we got to pay bills. <laughs> so with that being said, Chris Carter, always appreciate you Thanks, joining partner. us Same from here. the Locked On Same Steelers here. podcast and SNR. Got to do this again very, very soon. <laughs> How about tomorrow? Does that sound like uh, a day? That, that sounds like a right, cool. yeah. That sounds like a yeah, plan. Yeah. So, see you soon, man. Yep. Very soon. If y'all see my man Chris Carter running across the West End Bridge, make sure you honk twice and Boring. be extra nice. But for the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise, from the official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Hinesville, Grove City, Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or you could just simply visit us online at shop.stealers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. This is Motes and Euler on SNR. Motes and Euler back here on SNR, broadcasting from beautiful Hinesville. As we're seeing the players out here still getting it in, getting that good work. Yeah, you know, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. It was supposed to be an earlier practice today, mm-hmm. but it ended up starting at the same time as usual, 1.30, and that's just fine with us, Mozi, because that means we're getting a VIP look at all the action. Absolutely, man. It's all about who you know, and I'm glad I know you because that gets me in these buildings. <laughs> oh, so, you can't say that anymore. you got a credential now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, for, for the next three days. <laughs> Then I'm going to use my credentials at the uh, home studio and see what happens for myself. Uh, yeah, let me know how yeah, that goes. Yeah. But around the league, man, we had some big-time information come out, man. The NFL released their top 100 li- uh, list, or they're currently releasing their top 100 list. Oh, no, Motes. Is this yeah, time for me to get angry man. about some Steelers disrespect? Listen, listen here. Now, you know we can't allow these lists to be coming out and us not reacting to them, especially when the narrative is – that it was voted on by the players. Oh, wait a minute oh now. So now Lord. we got now we got to react. Now we got to spend a little more time with this thing, as my friend Coach Johnny Mitchell likes to say. <laughs> spend a little time with it. We got to spend a little time with it. But, yeah, man, seeing where Mika Fitzpatrick first comes in on the list at 52. Mm-hmm. 52 overall. Now, we know that that's not the highest rated safety on this list either. Correct. We know that. There's still at least three other safeties that will probably be added to this list by the name of Jamal Adams, yep. Tyron Matthew, yep. Buda Baker. Correct. I mean, you could even throw Harrison Smith in there as well. He's another guy. Because Buda Baker has not been announced to this point. Correct. Right? I'd be surprised if he wasn't on the list. But it also feels like he's going to be ranked a little too high now. now, <laughs> now and that's kind of like where, where I have my grievance, where, where I have my issue. If he's the 52nd best player in the league, but he's still the top two, top three safety, I'm okay with it. But knowing that he's more than likely going to be fifth at best right now, just based on the names that we've said and the names that we know are going to be on this list here, that makes me have a little bit of a, uh, of a yeah. you know, a, a, a disagreement with this situation here. No, man. I, I, I completely understand that. And, and listen, to be fair, uh, I think – 
with any of these lists, there's always going to be discrepancies. There's always going to be things that stand out as, wait a second, no, you can't really think that. Um, but I, hey, one thing, though, that I always do say with this one is that it's actually voted on by the players. And so I think that is inherently a flawed process, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we had a statistics professor with us right here, they'd be saying this is not the best way to compile this data because you're going to be biased against the, the guys that you play with or maybe the guys that you see more often, the guys that are in your division, or maybe that works the other way. Like maybe those dinks on the Browns, none of them are voting for Minka Fitzpatrick right. because they can't stay there. They're tired of Minka Fitzpatrick grabbing pick sixes and taking them back to the end zone against the Browns. Um, but it is, it, it's weird to me in the sense that Minka was in the 30s last year Correct. and now fell back to the 50s this year. When you look at his performance last year, I don't see anything there that would, would be that big of a drop-off. He was an all-pro for the second straight year. Um, but, hey, you know what? It seems like Minka noticed because he, you know, he had a little Definitely reaction noticed. on Twitter. <laughs> and that's all right with me. If you can find a way for one of the most talented young uh, um, defensive backs in the National Football League, Arthur Motes, guy who's still on his rookie deal but has been an all-pro twice already. If you can find a way to put a chip on that guy's shoulder, I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. Man, I thought he already had the chip from the ESPN rankings. <laughs> and then I thought he had another chip from the Madden rankings. I mean, God, uh, no. He's going to be the Fritos factory Seriously, here before Seriously, man, too long. I just hope the chips aren't too heavy. I don't want to slow down now, baby. <laughs> don't want don't to <laughs> tweak that back with yeah, all that weight. Man, Lord. Yeah, no, it, it is surprising. It, it absolutely is because, again, it, it would be one thing if Minka wasn't rated so highly last year and then right. fell back this year. That is confusing on the surface. But, I mean, Motsi, they have Baker Mayfield in this NFL Top 100. So how much credibility can this list really have? Now, you know, I, I knew you was going to go there with Baker because you're Big 12 vibe. I, I get you on that. I don't agree well, with sorry, you was can't at. say that anymore. That's an SEC school now. Hey, man, you know that. <laughs> The thing was, man, they were the best school in that Is Big that gonna 12. Be like, you know how now, like the yeah. a like the ACC accounts on social media, they'll tweet out like highlight videos of Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, and I'm just like. Is that going to be the SEC with Baker Mayfield here in a couple years? Yeah. Well, it, I think it's different for me because like I care more about like team versus like conference. Well, I feel like guys who are in those conferences, y'all are real big on like y'all conference. I hear people. SEC, man, we the SEC, we do this together. I feel like, isn't I'm it like, just I don't care about your conference? Isn't it just the SEC team? and the Big Ten that act that way? Like, I've never heard any yeah. Big 12 fans stump their chest. We're I don't Big think, 12, we do this. Like, I don't think cares? ACC fans really do that. <laughs> okay. We don't live around any Pac-12 fans right. because we're on the East Coast here. But my goodness, the Big Ten and the SEC, they love to pat each other on the back, for sure. Yeah, I I'm, not about, I'm not about that. Conference. Like, I'm not what, about what that. Plays, who, who's winning? That, that's what we care about. Oh, right well, now. I'm going to root for this team because yeah. I love my conference to win the, the bowl game. Man, yeah, no, I'm I, going I the opposite never, way. I yeah. hope every Big 12 team loses all the other games they play because I don't like them. I was to say, I'm anti-conference pride. That's right. So if you're, if you're Oklahoma, yeah, man, you say we Oklahoma and we don't care whose conference logo would have been on our journey, man. We, weren't, we run wherever we go. Now, put him in the SEC West. That's what I'm hoping, though. Put yeah, that's him in what the I'm SEC hoping for, West. too. Put him we in the SEC West. see if Baker Mayfield's trying to taunt SEC teams like he was taunting the Kansas Jayhawks. Hey, man, you do ago. what you want, man. When you Baker, baby, come on now. Anything else on this list stand out but to no, you? But no, for a fact, though, man, Um, as I'm looking at this list right now, I, I, let me extend a correction real quick. Tyree Matthew is on the list already, but the, the, oh, okay. the other backer okay. was Justin – or excuse me, was John Johnson, came over from the Rams. That's the guy I was missing. So the three that are still available, John Johnson the third, Harrison Smith, and obviously we said uh, Justin Simmons, he did get listed at 41, rate, rated ahead of Minka. I know. That is crazy. And, again, different positions and all those things. And these types of lists I feel like are always weighted towards quarterbacks, wide receivers, and pass rushers. 
Always. I feel like these types Always. of lists, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and pass rushers. We might see 30 receivers come up in the top 30, it, like literally. Exactly. So I will be more interested to see where Minka ranks in the pecking order of safeties right, than I that, am where he purely well, because is. Because that's my biggest thing, right, in terms of where he's at. How many of these guys finish ahead of he's him? He's 51, right, yeah. is where Minka was. Yeah. How many of the guys finish ahead of him? We know three of guys at least right now should be on this list, and that, they still don't even include Buddha right there, so that's a fourth guy. Where are they on that list? But then also, how far ahead are they? I mean, Minka being 52, if these guys are in the high 30s, that's one thing. If they're in the 20s, we're feeling really some type of way about that. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is ranked ahead of mm -hmm. Minka, and he didn't really play last year. Cam Jordan is ranked ahead of Minka. And while he's still a good player, he is not the same player that he was three years ago. I, I Listen, I understand why fans get upset about all this stuff. I do. But you know what, Motsi? Nobody ever got a Lombardi trophy for being in the NFL top 100. When, uh, you know. Now, see, it's two different conversations right there, man. All right, well, uh, well hold on. Conversations. So when yeah. we just had Hall of Fame ceremonies, true. right? Very true. Uh, we were, you know, we thought Peyton Manning did a really good job. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that did. Troy did a really good job with Very his speech. True. When they were, when they're showing that those little bugs on the Come screen, on, right? Man. Peyton Manning's accolade, two-time oh. Super Bowl oh. champion, five-time NFL. Nobody says oh, I was listed in the NFL top 100 nine straight no, 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 years. No, 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 no. Media doesn't say that. Oh, we care. For, I don't. We care. But Who's that's we? the difference, you mean players? players? Players. Oh, well, care. sure. Absolutely players. Because no, it's no. voted on by their uh, fellow so man. So that's my thing. But when you're downplaying it like that, for players, we but don't again, downplay it like that. It means a little bit more I, to us. I understand why it means Especially more to you because, it's from, it's, because it's your because, fellow man. Well, I understand that. We, we for sure. value athletes. We value oh, our sure. peers. More than some jabroni like you. Yeah, well, not no, just because it's you, but just in general. Yeah. But isn't this another? Remember when I went off like two years ago on the Bill Polian rant? Uh huh where everyone was complaining with the Richard Sherman, Bill Polian right, thing. Right. And I said, well, wait a second. Bill Polian's the type of guy you people, you want, you tell me my opinion doesn't matter compared to Bill Polian's because, you know, he's been an NFL mm -hmm. executive of the year and he's won Super Bowls as a GM and all this stuff. There's a middle ground with this. Absolutely it is. Because I, I, I just, these players, and you know yeah. this, you told me, Arthur Motes, when I was playing in the National mm -hmm. Football League, I didn't watch a Super Bowl. Nine straight years, mm -hmm. I didn't watch a Super Bowl. I how, didn't, but a lot of the other how, guys do watch. How much yeah. are... Members of the Las Vegas Raiders really watching Minka Fitzpatrick. You bring up a good point there. For a fact. That, that's just point. why I understand why this is weighted more yes. to the players because it is your fellow man voting uh -huh. on it. I get that. But it's also like you've said that Cam, Cam Hayward isn't dialed in with what the Arizona Cardinals true, are doing. True. But you got to also understand this. With that still being that sentiment, it's still more than enough teams that you've played against well, that don't that necessarily is true. have. So that is still going to end because there. Because you can right. say that about everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So if whoever's the in case, the top ten, right. it's you, not like you yeah, might not get yeah, a thousand sure. votes, but if it's fifty sure. guys voting, you mean to tell me fifty guys don't feel like I'm the best player? Everybody doesn't watch Aaron it, Donald because it has to. Th think it about has this. to balance out. Everybody isn't watching Aaron Donald. You think Aaron Donald's losing votes? No. Everybody doesn't watch. Uh, let's see. Who, who else could we throw out there, man? Even Cam Hayward, for example. Everybody's not watching Cam Rodgers. He's still. Cam Hayward, in terms of hierarchy, in terms of national media, Minka Fitzpatrick is a bigger player than Cam Hayward is, and it's not even close, right? I agree. But yet, Cam is still getting respected nicely in every single he list. Every, he's, I mean, he's close to Minka on all these on, lists. On all these lists. But we know. It's like, man, we feel Minka's effect. We know what oh, that yeah. is. I wonder, too, one other possible angle yeah. for you. How much players around the NFL look at the Steelers, look at the defense, and they say T.J. Watt's the, the straw that stirs that drink. Mm -hmm. and, and that just, like, implicit bias. Well, these other guys aren't because it's T.J. that's the guy. These other, you know, you can't have T.J. and Minka both in the top 20. You get the, what I'm the, saying? The thing that I want to see with that, though, 
is Tampa Bay. At the end of the day, how many players will they end with? Because that conversation – Well, I can tell you, like, a guy like yeah. Devin White's going to be way too high on the list because of how good he was in the last four games of the season. But either way, can't we still make the case that, well, he was only good because he has JPP, no, he absolutely. has Devontae, he has this guy, he has that guy. And you guy, and I both yeah. think Devin White's a very good football no, for player. Fact, yeah. But his reputation went from good football player to this guy might be the best linebacker in football yeah. because he was outstanding in three games, four three games. games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right, and he's got Levante David running next to him, and he's got just a fantastic defense all around him. I, I wonder how much of it is. TJ is going to be top 10, top 15 on this list. Yeah. And so just because of that, guys are like, oh, well, I'm going to rank Minka a little bit lower. I'm going to rank Cam Hayward a little bit lower because it's TJ's defense. I'm not going to lie, man. I, do I don't know. That could be completely off. I, I just thought I that just might say, be another per angle. Personal perspective, I've seen that thought process as I've transitioned to media. That's definitely where you look more into that. Whereas us as players, we still feel like if a guy is a guy, it doesn't matter who's play, next to him because yeah. when we're out there, we can feel that. And I think that's the biggest reason why this players like we take offense to some of these sure, lists when sure. they're rated like this because it's like, don't knock me for him being out here because if that's the case, well, why isn't this guy just right. as productive? Like, I can, I can understand why, why if you're Minka, right, I can mm -hmm. understand why you'd be more peeved, you know, because I'm sure he's yeah. not like – he's probably not losing sleep over no, no, this no, last no, no, night. No, we ain't going yeah, that yeah. far with it, but you, but you, you take notice to it. You take I understand to it. why you would be more peeved over this list Correct. as opposed to, say, Madden rankings. Right. Madden rankings, we already said. we. Hey, it's man. just a bunch of jabronis sitting in a room. Exactly. And, yeah. It's just so a, it's, it's a difference, takes, right? Takes one to know one. A bunch of jabronis <laughs> sitting in a room playing video games. But I do like it's it it's it's it, it is an inch, it, it's always more it is different with this because the yeah. list is so evolving Anyti every year. Anytime it's, it's it's marketed as from players or no different than how we feel about all pro or even all honestly, pro is just as significant because it's play it, well, like not just play but it's organizations, GMs, executives, right. coaches, and like those, like those Jeremy Fowler lists right, that we discuss right. sometimes, those top ten lists that are compiled by coaches and executives it and scouts means more, means more to us than pro football focuses right. top ten list, which is compiled by grades and composite yeah. scores and everything. Absolutely, man. It's just one of those things, man. But, you know, like I said, anytime those lists come out, we got to come up here and give a little bit of a, hey, man, I can't stand this list. What's going on here? We got to give some credence to the anger out there that in Stiller's Nation. Do. Bar humbug. <laughs> but anywho, we got to continue our conversation, though, man, that we've been having through training camp when we focus on a different division, right? Let's see who we have left. We have the NFC, AF, er, NFC West or NFC South. Where do you want to go, Arthur? Mose? It's hot today. I feel like I'm in the South. So with that <laughs> being said, we will talk NFC South when we return. This is Moats and Euler on SNR. <laughs> 